Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The Hot Talk Podcast is brought to you by Heinemann Services. Heinemann Services is a family owned and operated business whose work ethic and customer service will restore your confidence in handymen. They offer interior and exterior projects for your home or business, including repairs, installations, small remodels, landscaping, decks, fencing, and much more. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. With us on the line is the voice of the Arkansas Razorback, Chuck Barrett. A former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, highly questionable. Also a two-time Dan Levitard show Suey winner and a former <laughs> heptathlete at Cornell, Sarah Spain. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate. Mr. Phil Elson, the voice of Razorback baseball and the Ladybacks. Welcome into episode number 117 of the Hog Talk Podcast. Alongside Porter Hayes and Kevin Bohannon, I'm your Monday host, Kyle Sutherland. Thank you guys, as always, for joining us. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to the pod. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Our Heart Radio. Wherever you listen, we are there. And guys, we got to get started with uh, the UCA game last night. I know that there was a lot leading up to that being the first college football game of the year, being the only game of the weekend. And with a a nation that is so hungry for football. We finally got a live game. What were your overall reactions? I'll start with you, Porter. I know that you weren't able to watch all of it live, but I know you caught the highlights. What was your take on it? Well, it's it, it was what you expected out of a first game. I mean, it pretty much seemed really sloppy. I mean, they were talking about Austin Peace, you know, special teams was having a lot of problems and just, you know, it started off with that big run by Austin P, and then it's like, it just kind of, got stagnant and but I mean Braylon Smith really come back with you know that last scoring drive <clears throat> to make it a 24-17 victory so I mean overall it's football you know and it's and we got to remember it is FCS so it's every team's rusty and they didn't get full practices so I mean it, I'm glad football's back that's what my reaction is to it. Okay Bo. And I think the biggest thing is the two C's, conditioning and communication. And that's what was lacking, whether it would be at the FCS level or high school this week. But I will, I will give it to Nathan Brown and the Bears. They came out last night, uh, got punched in the mouth early. The 75-yard the scoring run, as Porter alluded to, was big. It was only 10-6 to 6 at halftime. But you, you kind of see in the second half that Braylon Smith is that South, all-Southland Conference quarterback you know, from Conway. And he's an extension of Nathan Brown, who set all the UCA uh, quarterbacking records when he was there. So they could have just sat on their laurels down there at the end of the game, kicked a field goal, but they went ahead and went in for the touchdown and had a great pass play there at the end for Braylon Smith. You're going to see a lot as we go ahead. You know, Sam Pittman said the other day their offense was about 85 90% in. You're going to see a lot of these schools right now are about halfway installed just because they haven't had the communication factor. They've been able to do Zoom meetings, things like that, but there's a difference between doing it online and doing it on the field where you can communicate. So 
Yeah, about like we expected, low-scoring game. I think a lot of predictions had it 27-21, so it was right there in that neighborhood. But uh, kudos to the Bears for getting the first win of the college football season. Yeah, I thought Braylon Smith did a great job. He, For the most part, both quarterbacks for Austin P and UCA didn't play very well, just like the teams overall didn't. But he was clutch in the final seconds, just like he has been so many times, like last season, whenever he hit Luan Winning, Winningham for the winning touchdown. It, it was almost the exact same scenario that that happened. And uh, they, I think that was the second game of the season last year. And then they ended up going on to the playoffs. And speaking of – the NBA playoffs, NHL, and MLB are in full swing right now, and partners at Bet Online have you covered. Take full advantage of spring sports being back and get in the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And there are always the online casino as well that never closes. So head on to betonline.ag and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And I want to touch back on Smith, Winningham, and also Tyler Hudson. Now, Tyler Hudson, not our Ty Hudson from the HTP, <laughs> but for UCA and Winningham are two big-time receivers that were returning. Neither one of them did a whole lot until the final seconds. I know that Winningham had, been, had quite a few targets, but really wasn't able to break away. Hudson, I think, up to the, the final drive, had three catches for 36 yards. And you also got to look at Kier Crossley, a running back that carried 12 times for 110 yards, nine yards a carry, and Cameron Myers, 13 carries for 75 yards, so around five yards a carry. The offense finally got rolling. And it was almost like UCA just would not take – I think they got a field goal off of one of the three turnovers from Austin P. But it was almost like they just w weren't able to take advantage of it. But I thought that Nathan Brown, as an offensive coach, you guys mentioned – I think one of you just mentioned about how he was uh, – used to be a quarterback, probably the best quarterback to ever come through UCA. And I think that that was a reflection of what he and his staff were able to do as offensive minds. No doubt. And getting to see him out there. And Nathan Brown has really established himself. You know, we started with the Campbell era came in and then Nate, he moved to South Alabama. And then Nathan stepped right in. He just assumed from his offensive coordinator role, and he's become that type of CEO that people look up to on the team and not just an offensive mind. So it was really good to see them. I think, you know, with what Brad Teague did, and he mentioned it in the Arkansas Democrat Gazette this morning, the, the tests on Wednesdays for COVID are going to be big. They had two that weren't on the travel squad test positive. But every week as we go into this, the, the Wednesday tests are going to be big. And kudos to Brad Teague for what he's done, getting a nine-game FCS schedule put together. They got a home-and-home home with Missouri State. They go to North Dakota State, who won the FCS last year. So, it, it, a lot of big things happening, and it was really good to get the national spotlight on them last night. Yeah, and, and what in Austin P? Aren't they in one of those conferences? That, that's Ohio Valley, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is their only game. So, for them to – I mean, for them to agree to playing a game in the fall and then start their season hopefully back up in the, in the spring, we got to mention that too because, I mean, they could have just – stuck to practicing like all the other conferences were that's not playing, but they agreed to play. So that that's really impressive because that's going to be one of the few, I don't know of any other fall team, you know, that are playing in the spring or the spring that is agreeing to play a game in the fall. So yeah, uh, North Dakota really cool state. Yeah. North Dakota state was the, I think their only game scheduled right now is UCA. I think they right. wanted their quarterback. Well, wanted, I think they wanted to, yeah, I'll, I'll, go ahead. 
Well, I want to say Austin P is – I think they play two more games, but they're not playing a full season because I know that only out of the 100 – and I said this on Friday's show that out of the 127 teams in the FCS, only 15 are playing. Now, I don't know if any of them are actually playing a full schedule. I think UCA is playing 10. You mentioned that they play North Dakota State. Next week, I want to say they play UAB. And so uh, so they, they're playing almost a full season. Now, there is no playoffs, obviously, but – uh, I, I want to say that UCA is at least playing almost a full schedule, but the majority are playing maybe two or three. Yeah, yeah, because they got a home and home with – they got – was it – who they got that home and home with? Missouri UCA. State. Missouri State. Then they play Arkansas State. So, yeah, they're going to – they're playing UAB – or UAPB too, right? They're playing Pine Bluff. Not not this fall. UAPB is pushed fall. back. They start out okay. – they start February 27th with uh, – uh, their conference schedule. But, yeah, they got a pretty good slate of games, I mean, even if they was playing a full schedule because that's some good teams, and that kind of rekindles that Arkansas State-UCA, you know, rivalry. And I, if I'm not mistaken, UCA won the last matchup. So, hopefully, you know, that will be a good good game. Yeah, and that's one thing I was talking about on Friday's episode is just – and I want to reiterate what a job – and you also got to look at Austin Peay's athletic staff too, athletic director staff too – just what Brad Teague and, and his team, Steve East, and all in. We actually had Steve East on the podcast back in May uh, during when he was made the appearance on season or episode two of The Last Dance uh, on, on Brad Teague's staff, what they were able to do, not just getting opening game, all that publicity. The entire nation's eyes were on UCA and Austin P last night. That would have been really cool if that could have been in Conway. But I just can't say I, – I think the guy – and there was actually an article that came out about this. I think the guy may have just secured Athletic Director of the Year already. That's right. Well, and what's going to be interesting is now that we're getting real games and you're talking about these Wednesday COVID tests and stuff, th this next Wednesday it's going to be a telltale of, okay, now these guys are having contact with other players. Now let's see how these tests start forming when they're around other teams other than just their own, their own teammates. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. As Cabo said, uh, there was uh, two, there was two tests, so still do of uh, like, yeah, like 176 or so. So, uh, pretty good numbers there. We'll see if they can keep those down. If those guidelines that they have are where I thought that when I was at the PA Robinson game the other night, which we'll switch into that as we get into our high school topics. Now, um, we did last or two weeks ago, Porter and I did the um, some of the top dynasties and programs in state Arkansas high school football history um, dating up to from the old days back 100 years ago to up to now and then last week on Friday's episode Porter had interviewed Bobby Swafford and talked about uh, some of the best high school coaches throughout history in the state and now for our final segment of that we're going to do the best high school rivalries but um, we can start off with just the first weekend of high school football as well I was at the PA Robinson game and um, very very up until about the middle or I guess early middle of the fourth quarter that one was really competitive uh, Robinson of course the favorite in the 4A defending state champ there and also PA the favorite and defending state champ of the 5A I thought that they did a really good job of the social distancing, at least from the guidelines that have been given. Of course, the stadium was not really filled up. I was up in the box, and we were distanced from each other. But, um, guys, I mean, what did you think about the sport? We'll start with you again. What would you think were the, the, uh, some of the best recaps of the weekend outside of Fearless Friday putting – what was that score, 314? Yeah, They never punt. I mean, that is insane. Um, you know what I took from was – and this is a team, you know, it was 
7A, but Van Buren getting a win over Springdale. I mean, that's a team that's usually, you know, in the lower part of their conference. And for them, I mean, a convincing 48-28 win over Springdale. I mean, Arkadelphia, you know, played Camden Fairview. There was a lot of good games, but there was a lot of blowouts, you know, because a lot of these teams, they're playing either a little, you know, you're playing your inter-classification schedules, but Maumel had a really good win over Sylvan Hills. Um, but the one, like I said, really stuck out to me was the Van Buren win over Springdale, 48-28 win. So hopefully that means that, you know, because that conference is so top-heavy and it needs to have some more um, parity. So hopefully that, that Van Buren win will give them some confidence where they can hang with Bentonville and Bentonville West. Games that stuck out to me this week and go back to P the P.A. Robinson game. This is the first time in the last 12 years, I believe, that Kevin Kelly hasn't, hasn't had an established quarterback going into game one. You go back, you had Braden Bratcher last year. Uh, then you had Will Heffley going back a few years before that. And, of course, the, the four-year run that they made in between that. And then you got Nolan Bruffett. Uh, coming out in Charlie Kaiser. So they, those guys alternated, and he said they're going to be uh, an audition the first three weeks. I thought they came out. They looked a little sluggish. They made some mistakes. Then Robinson kind of did the same thing. They kind of let it go. The, they got fourth and seven on the very first drive against PA, and then Cooper White, uh, the third of the Whites to come out of, you know, West Little Rock, the brother of John David and Zach got a 73-yard touchdown pass. So it was really, you know, interesting to see those teams going back and forth. It was tight, like Kyle said, towards the end. Uh, but the one that stuck out to me was Little Rock Christian. And we talked about this in our group chat the other day, how the 5A is probably going to run through Little Rock Christian and PA again. Central had gotten up on Little Rock Christian 35-30, to 30, and Little Rock Christian stormed back and won 57-35. Um, Young man had a 105-yard uh, interception return there at the end of the game to make the final score what it was. But it was interesting to see Little Rock Christian step up in classification and take on 7A uh, Central. So, yeah, there are a lot of good football, you know, a lot of cramps around the state. I talked to a lot of officials, of friends of mine that called games on Friday night. It was really humid coming off the tropical storm, and there were just a lot of cramps, games getting stopped. So, during the third and fourth quarter, as we go along, conditioning is going to play a lot of factor going into conference play. Yeah, that was one of the biggest things. You knew that there was going to be some cramping. That always happens in the beginning of any college football season. I think I went through it every first game I ever played when it was still like in the 95 to 100 degree <laughs> range. But, man, during the third quarter, that's when it started. I mean, it was almost literally every single play. Um, and with PA and Robinson. And then right after that, once the guys started getting rehydrated and back on the field and, and loosened up again, that was when PA just blew it wide open. Robinson fought hard at the end, but they just, they couldn't quite get it. But man, uh, I mean, I think it was just, I'm still kind of in disbelief that, that we had a weekend. I wouldn't say full of football, but at least we got a college football game and we got some, some pretty good uh, action packed high school football as well. Um, so as we go into the Arkansas high school rivalries, I'll go ahead and start with just the ones that I think come off of the top of everybody's head being North side, South side in Fort Smith. That's been one for a long time. Benton Bryant, even though, especially as we saw in the salt bowl, <laughs> salt bowl that, uh, Bryant definitely was, uh, 
way, way, way more ready. Well, I wouldn't even really say necessarily more ready for that one. They just had way more horses than Benton does. Benton is going to be a favorite in the 6A, a really good team. But Bryant just, I think, is on another level than just about any team in the state. Rising Fordyce, that was a good one the other night. I know that that's – I think that's the oldest rivalry in the, in the history of the state, if I'm not mistaken. I know Central and Pine Bluff, we talked about them a lot in our first conversation about this. They both have – the as as far as statistics go, they're the two most decorated in state's history. Stuttgart and DeWitt, the Battle of Arco. And also I know that neither of these two teams are, are that successful, but Paragold and Green County Tech, I know especially not just in football, but different sports, that's been one. And I gotta go to the honorable mention, uh, my, my CAC Mustangs and PA. Now that is not a rivalry anymore. They do not play. <laughs> I think PA is uh just a little bit more uh more suited for, for let's just say that they're better. I'll I'll quit sugarcoating it. They're a little better. A lot better. And, but back in the day, that was a rivalry. I'd say like in the early to mid 2000s, that was one that was always sold out. Um, but guys, I'll, I'll start with you, Kevin, this time. What are some of the ones that come off the top of your head? You know, I like to look at some of the, the smaller classifications. And, you know, you just mentioned, you know, PA and CAC, they were playing 2A and 3A ball back in the early 2000s to mid 2000s. But Batesville and Newport used to be a knockdown, drag out fight back when they were in the same classification in 3A and that you can go back to 1998 when that happened. And whether you look at football or baseball, even basketball, but they were really big on the football field where they would play. If they weren't in conference, they'd play that first two or three weeks of the season. And then you can look at Prairie Grove and Farmington up in Northwest Arkansas. Those are some really big ones that have gone after it over the years. Springdale and Fayetteville, They've gone at it. That used to be a really big rivalry. Of course, you mentioned the Battle of Rogers Avenue, the South Side, North Side, gained a lot of you know notoriety this year because this is the first season that they haven't played in conference since they. You know, I can't remember exactly when it was, but it's been going way back. But they North Side took advantage of uh, depleted South Side roster the other night, and took care of them. A game that was canceled the other night was Pine Bluff and Watson Chapel. Uh, that is just kind of starting to be a rivalry, so it would go in my honorable mention column. Uh, Pine Bluff has really owned them the last few years, but if you go back to the mid-'90s, you had – in 95, you had Ron Johnson and Bobby Jett, who were both University of Arkansas signees. And on the other side of Jefferson County, Pine Bluff was in the midst of a run where they won the 93 title, the 94 title, and the 95 title. So – uh, excuse me, the 90 – yeah, they won 93 90, through 95 and then Ben Buren won in 96. So, yeah, those are a few of mine that stand, really stand out. And uh, really good to see these kids. They and, they and they take it so serious. You know, you saw it with the Salt Bowl last night. You got a $50 pay-per-view, which I heard a lot of people paid for, even though people expect it to be a blowout because this is probably one of the best teams in Arkansas in the Bryant Hornets since the 05 Springdale team. There's been a lot of, you know, discussion now, is this the best team since the Mustang-leg Bulldogs or Red Dogs from Springdale back in 05? Yeah, and there was, you know, a lot of people that were making jokes about it, you know, about paying $50 for a high school game. But, I mean, I think that just shows how hungry they were for football to come back. And I loved it seeing fans in the stands. You know, they were allowed fans to come, social distance. It wasn't we're going to go play these games with no fans for – and that's, you know, we're talking about rivalries, and that's what rivalry is about. Like, it's that one game that you put on your calendar and you're ready for that game. You know, like Ozark was Boonville. You know, that's always been our big game. And going back to the late 80s, I mean, I mean, I remember as a little kid going to these games and you would 
think that there was nothing left in the town. They were all at the game. But, you know, I, for me, I like those small ones, like when Hackett and Hartford used to play those, those two small towns that live right next to each other. You know, when it comes to the sports, I mean, that's when, you know, they'd be hanging out on the weekends together. But when it comes to a Friday night and they had to play, you know, like you mentioned, the, the Prairie Grove Farmington games, the, the Gentry and the Gravits, you know, those, that's what I love about the high school football is when those two towns that live like five, ten minutes down the road from each other, you know, they battle it out. And both teams, you know, all the fans from the whole towns just fill the stands. And, you know, that's like what's you're talking about the CACPA. I think Little Rock Christian starting to take that place of that's going to start being a new rivalry. And I don't think – you have to have that hundred year history for it to be a rivalry. If if you start playing a team six, seven, eight years and it's competitive and it's a back and forth, you know, that to me is a, a rivalry, you know? So, but of course the top ones, you know, you got to go Fort Smith, North side, South side, Battle of Rogers Avenue. I mean, the salt bowl is the most prestigious because it gets the most, but what me and Bobby Swaffer were talking about was the ones that got taken away when these schools split up, like Bentonville Rogers used to be a huge rivalry. Yeah. Springdale Fayetteville used to be a huge rivalry, but now that they had to split the schools up and how Fayetteville only has, they're the lone town that's left with one high school. So, but yeah, that, that's one of the ones for me that, that stick out in my head. I feel like North Little Rock and Catholic has been one depending on the, cause it's always, at least when I was in high school, you know, I was in high school from about 06 to 08. It was my sophomore through senior year. And I feel like that they, Kevin, you might, you know, being around the central Arkansas area too, a little bit, being in high school a little before me, I don't know if you ever noticed that, but I, I feel like in the mid to late 2000s, that was one, at least not really from, I think it was just because they may have been so close and a lot of those guys grew up together. And I mean, Sylvan Hills in North Little Rock, I know they haven't played a whole lot that I can recall, but those are ones that I've also seen take a little bit of notice over the years. Yeah, Sylvan Hills and North Little Rock stopped playing, I think, in 09. I think it was Withrow, Jim Withrow's third year at Sylvan Hills. There was just so much disparity in athleticism, and it, they just really didn't – they'd pull a really good gate, but the, the game wouldn't be very close. So, uh, then Sylvan Hills kind of picked up Jacksonville. But, yeah, you go back, and even in the – the early to mid nineties, North Little Rock and Catholic did go after it. You know, even in the, you talked about the mid two thousands when Scooter Register was there, they went 11 and two. And that was just about the time that North Little Rock started seeing their resurgence uh, under Bobby uh, Brad Belding, excuse me. So yeah, you do have a lot of these teams that have been split up by conferences. You know, you put, you know, Little Rock Catholic in the East. Well, it used to be the four A central back in the nineties. And those teams used to go after it. And if you want to go back to the 80s, you had Mills and McClellan. You know, they used to drop yellow and green marshmallows on McClellan's field back in the late 70s, early 80s. And just some of those rivalries have just, you know, fizzled out over time because, one, conferences, and then, two, the, just the, the matchups haven't been there and the, the teams haven't been there. Well, yeah, and another thing, you got to look at the classifications. Prime example, you mentioned Jacksonville. I mean, the yeah. Jacksonville-Cabot game, the Jacksonville-Seven Hills game. I mean, Jacksonville used to be a, a premier 5-6-A program, you know, and now they're, what, 5-A and they're barely fielding the team, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, those Jacksonville-Cabot games, I mean, that's another rivalry and another one we forget, like, these ones that have kind of lost it <clears throat> luster with these, you know, 
PA surgeon up, Greenwood's another one. That Greenwood Alma game used to be top notch. 5A West, you know, baby. 5A yeah. West. <laughs> but when these programs start to get like a Bryant, a Greenwood, P, you know, PA, when they're just so much better than the teams around them, it makes that rivalry just lose its luster a little bit. But yeah, I mean, the Alma Van Buren game, Greenwood Alma. I mean, all those games that used to be just, I mean, dog fights. I mean, it's that's what it comes to be when it's a rivalry. It's a dog fight. I yeah, think when we left that. That's another Central Arkansas rivalry. Well, like back in the uh, – back in maybe another one kind of in the mid to late 2000s or maybe early 2000s, what about Oak Grove and Robinson? Wasn't that one like in the DMAC days? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, they were in that 3A conference that was – I think it was the 5-3A. That was the Central Arkansas Conference. I think at one point had CAC Robinson in Oak Grove before Robinson got real big. And you talk about another one that Central Arkansas that we left out was Greenbrier and BB. It was yeah. a blowout on Friday night, Greenbrier won. But they have a huge championship belt. It's a battle of the belt now. So, uh, yeah, that was another one that you – know, a lot of teams get up for they've always played each other in preseason when they haven't been in conference. Yeah, you then that's like you know, Valonia, Valonia and BB, you know, those towns that just you we could like me, I could just look at the state map and just start going around the state and looking at and you're like, oh man, I forgot about that one because I'm sure we're leaving off 15 or 20 of these <laughs> rivalries. And to our fans, we mean no district, this is not a ranking system at all. So if we we left out your team, you know, it's just. But I think of also we can think about the ones where they meet in the playoffs, like a, like a Fordyce and Rising, a Barton Rising. You know these teams that they they go in, they're trying to get through their conference, and they're like, man, I want to get to the playoffs and meet them. Like Greenwood and El Dorado there for a couple of years. You know, you know now it's Greenwood and, and Benton. You know these teams that they can't wait to get to that semifinal matchup to get the revenge from last year's loss or or to try to do back-to-back -back wins to get to the state championship. So those, some of those playoff rivalries we got to mention as well. Yeah, and I know there was – I know, like, for two years, there was the war – I'd say 06, 07, there was the whole war in Nashville thing because I, as what I had mentioned in the 06 state championship about how Warren probably actually won, but Jarius Riot called mm -hmm. down here they played in the semifinals and I think Nashville actually won that game pretty handedly to end up going on to win state in 07 again for their third in a row but uh maybe hoping somebody another one in southwest Arkansas um maybe hope Mag one of the schools yeah. closer to Texarkana yeah but, Magnolia uh, maybe maybe it was hoping Nashville but yeah. one yeah yeah, well, and then the uh, Queen in Nashville or Ashdown, you know those. That yeah, was another one. Yeah, back. Horatio and Foreman. If you like, I said, you just keep on going down these roads, and you could pick out these these towns and the football games that used to be huge. Yeah, yeah, I know, man. It's uh, I'm telling you, like it's just. I guess I got a newfound like my my energy was just revived uh, in a different way just because as I said at the beginning you know UCA and um, Austin P opening up in the first game of the college football season it just seemed like it was just a different feeling because we've never been hungrier to to see it before and I know that's how I was Friday night when I was at Pulaski Academy it was just a whole other feeling I mean you just cannot beat it under the lights yeah you get a totally different feeling but, uh, when it comes to going yeah. to a high school game. 
Yeah. But, uh, well, guys, I mean, I think that, that we covered at least the, the, the main ones. Um, I'm not really – I know that I know that there's probably going to be some blowback of uh, maybe ones that we missed. But either way, I think that was a really good three-week series of some of the – highlighting some of the top ones and maybe a couple that we uh, didn't weren't even aware of. So, but for episode number 117 of the Hog Talk Podcast, with Kevin Bohan and Porter Hayes, my name is Kyle Sutherland. We'll catch you guys next time. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.